G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Here we are, another Tuesday, another opportunity to check on things that are happening in the Holy Land, in the land of Israel and, of course, more broadly, throughout the Middle East. We like to check breaking news headlines with Ron Ross. Ron's got the latest for us and back with us today on 2020. Hi, Ron. Welcome. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with the coronavirus. We're seeing our own struggles emerging in Victoria and uh, less so, but concerningly in New South Wales. But Israel's had its own sort of second wave coronavirus outbreaks and they're tightening their laws. What are the headlines saying about their situation? Yes, with 63,895 people infected, and 474 deaths recorded, the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, passed a law granting the government special powers for dealing with the spread of the novel coronavirus. Under the terms of the so-called Major Corona Bill, which passed its third and final reading in the plenum by 48 to 35, the government has the authority to declare a state of emergency amid the coronavirus crisis and impose restrictions. The legislation will remain in effect until June 30, 2021. The government will be permitted to declare a state of emergency if it's convinced that the coronavirus will spread even more and the public's health will be at risk if it does not exercise the special powers granted to it by the law. The government will also be able to extend the state of emergency at 60-day intervals instead of the 45 days specified in the legislation's original version. The new law also allows citizens to continue protesting with limited restrictions. However, it authorises police to prevent citizens who live in locales deemed as coronavirus hotspots from leaving those areas to attend demonstrations. Okay, and an interesting economic side effect from coronavirus that's emerging in Israel. There's a headline today that says the pandemic has sparked a real estate surge as world Jewry believes that Israel is the safest place to be. What are the headlines saying here? Yeah, Jews and Israelis who are living in the US are moving back to Israel in large numbers. American Jews and Israelis who moved to North America appear to agree that if they have to deal with the virus, doing it in Israel is the better place to be. The Jewish Agency and the Nefesh Benefesh organization that promotes Aliyah both reported earlier this year that since the coronavirus pandemic broke, there has been a huge surge in the number of Jews who wanted to immigrate to Israel. I'm reminded of Isaiah 43, verses 5 to 6. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. 
bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Who knew God would use the pandemic to fulfill prophecy? Amazing. Hey, interestingly, Ron, such was the extent of the Holocaust. There's still evidence being uncovered today. And uh, one of the headlines today, the bodies of 286 Jews murdered in the Holocaust have been found in a Ukraine basement. What's the story here? Yeah, the bodies of 286 Jewish people, mostly women and children, were found in a basement below the town square marketplace in Satanev, Ukraine. The town was known to once have had an organised Jewish community where numerous pioneers of the Haskalah movement once lived. After surviving persecution in the region for centuries, the Germans infiltrated in May 1942 and killed 800 people, the majority of whom were Jews. Of those, 286 were gassed in gas chambers in two separate basements, according to Israel's Ynet News, citing the KGB's records as well as eyewitness records. The remains of the Jewish people left in the basement were collected in sacks to be taken for burial in the city's ancient Jewish cemetery. Ron, some coverage for a burning question. Could archaeology and modern medicine help validate the Bible? What are these story headlines reporting? You're going to love this one, Neil. The Bible is celebrated by billions of people around the world as a spiritual document. But some researchers believe it could also be used as a tool for gaining insights into history. One of those researchers is Professor Tom Meyer, an expert in Middle Eastern languages from the Shasta Bible College and a graduate school in California. He believes that archaeology, combined with the medical knowledge we possess today, can help validate many stories in the Bible. The Book of Kings depicts Nebuchadnezzar as the king responsible for two sieges of Jerusalem, one in 597 BCE and another one ten years later in 587 BCE, which brought about the destruction of Solomon's Temple, also known as the First Temple, marking the conquest of Judah. Meyer explains that after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BCE, and at the zenith of Nebuchadnezzar's power, when his heart was lifted up with pride, the God of Israel took away his royal authority for seven years by driving him from human society. The book of Daniel depicts Nebuchadnezzar's period of madness as a punishment from God, after Daniel interprets one of the king's dreams as a prophecy by God that world powers will soon rise and fall, and that Nebuchadnezzar will be the first to suffer such a fate. According to the text, this did happen, as the king was driven out from men and ate grass like an oxen, Daniel 4.33. While many scholars view the book of Daniel as mostly fictional for different reasons, Meyer and his colleagues believe otherwise. The most famous and powerful king in the world, was condemned to spend seven years in the fields with the wild animals and to eat grass like a cow until he learned that the God of Israel has power over human kingdoms and that he can give them to anyone he chooses, the professor said. In modern medical terms, 
According to the interpretation, the king suffered from a mental condition known as bianthropy, which would explain his bizarre behavior. Bianthropy is a personal disorder that causes a person to believe they are a cow or an ox. Nebuchadnezzar is considered to be the most famous figure to have suffered from that condition. Well, it is certainly fascinating to hear about that story. A modern medicine and archaeology, uh, there's some suggestion, and I think this story aligns with this, Ron, the idea that atheists have more to fear about future technological and medical developments than the Christian believer does, as we have our faith in God, who's revealed himself through the Bible. Hey, let's talk about grape pits. Now, there's... Uh, grape pits in southern Israel in the southern desert region that show ancient Christian villages in the Negev rose and fell. Uh, what's the story here? Yes, around 1,600 years ago, prosperous communities lived in the highlands of the Negev desert, comprised of a few thousand individuals. Elusa, considered the metropolis of the Negev at the time, probably reached 10,000 or 15,000 inhabitants. They thrived around beautiful churches they built and practiced flourishing agriculture, growing cereals, fruit trees and vineyards. By analysing ancient plant remains and other archaeological artefacts, researchers have been able to document the rise of this society's uh, market-based economy as well as its fall around the middle of the 6th century which might have been caused by a combination of a pandemic, political tensions, and climate change. I think it's fascinating to see how such a long time later, we're still affected by similar challenges. Daniel Fuchs, lead co-author of the paper, published on Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. These communities practice desert runoff farming, which depended on trapping runoff water coming down from the slopes into wadi beds and then slowing the flow of water through check dams, Fuchs explained. They were thus able to collect water from an area 20 times bigger than the fields they cultivated. The researcher pointed out that in a region where the average rainfall is thought to have been about 100 millimetres per year, the farmers managed to gather the equivalent of over 500 millimetres annually in the wadi beds, which allowed them to grow all types of produce, including cereals and grapes. The findings of the study registered a significant rise in the ratio of grape pits to cereal grains between the 4th century and mid-6th century CE, providing unprecedented evidence of a commercial scale of viticulture in the Negev and then a sharp decline. The observations support the idea that around the middle of the 6th century, the Christian communities in the Negev experienced a sharp decline about a century before the Islamic conquest, which was once generally considered what caused the fall of the settlements. <laughs> so similar to the events of today. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, who would believe that there would be climate change 1,500 years ago? And uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one to uh, certainly think deeply about. 
Hey, Ron, always great to get your insights. Thank you so much for scouring the headlines, bringing us an update on breaking news out of Israel and throughout the Middle East. Appreciate you so much, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.